Well, Joy Sullivan shared last week about being together as the church. She shared about being in prayer and community, and we got a glimpse into uh, church life as the church prayed together. We're getting another look into church life today as we continue in the book of Acts as the people shared life together, even, even more so than the, the video clips that we just saw. Now, scholars believe that many of the Jews during that time were very poor, many of them in Jerusalem, and it may be that some of those new Christians um, that had just come to Christ had lived in other towns, were now living in Jerusalem. They may have even been living in each other's homes, and they were really taking care of each other. So there was a sense there was some poverty and a really uh, sense of sharing life, maybe even living in each other's homes. And that's where we begin today. Um, in Acts chapter 4. If you want to turn to that, that's Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through 37, right at the end of Acts chapter 4. This is God's word. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them all. There were no needy persons among them, for from time to time those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone as he had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned, and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Let's pray together. Lord, again, as we come into this place, this sanctuary where we are the church together, we pray this morning that you would open our minds. We've already been in prayer and in worship together, but God, just right now, open our minds and our hearts to hear your word, help it to sink in, and help it to apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's a pretty simple passage today, and there's a pretty simple outline in your bulletin if you want to see that. Some of that's going to be on the screen as well, but it's just talking about in this passage in Acts 4, we must be at work in practical ways to encourage and provide for each other to have one heart, one mind, and be one church. How do we go about that? It says the early disciples had one heart. We're going to talk about how we have hearts for Christ alone. They had one mind. That unity of mind, we have minds transformed by the word as they did. They had one reason for being together, it was to share Jesus' resurrection. And through that, they had unity. They had one church, and they shared their resources and lives together. So we're going to ask a couple of questions here at the end. What are ways that we today can have one heart, one mind, and one church? What are the practical ways we can share our resources and our lives? We're going to look at that we can share our resources uh, through giving and mission and in other ways. And we can share life through individual families and neighbors and small groups. So we're going to be looking at all those things um, this morning. Well, it starts in verse 32 that all the believers were one in heart and mind. And Joy shared last week that they had really gone through just a very difficult time when Peter and John had been arrested uh, and then released, but they had threats on their lives. And so probably a lot of the Christians are... Are, uh, are feeling those threats and threatened at this time. And yet it looks like, even through uh, the poverty maybe they had, uh, how close they lived together, some of them probably even living in each other's houses, 
and they were choosing to risk their lives by being fully committed to Jesus, it moved them to have one heart and one mind, to have unity of spirit together. Now, we know they're not perfect. We're even going to read in the next couple of chapters some of the problems that they had, and even in chapter 6, how some of their widows, it says, were getting overlooked for food. So we know they're not perfect, but it does say here that they had unity of heart and mind. And so we're going to ask, how do we have unity of heart and mind? For us, we have one heart. We have hearts for Christ alone here at ZPC. And we have one mind, minds transformed by the word. So we have one heart, hearts for Christ alone. And we have one mind, minds transformed by the word. So what's that look like? I know for me, one of my motivations for being a Christian and for living differently, and, and I will tell you, I do need motivation to live differently. You know, it would be easier to give in um, to some of the temptation just to be selfish or to be lazy. But one of the motivations I have for living as a Christian is to remember again and again, and I do that oftentimes by singing some of the worship songs like we sang this morning, by remembering what God has done for us and by, uh, by worshiping, realizing who God is, that God has compassion and grace. It says in the Psalms, he's slow to anger, abounding in love, and that makes me grateful for who God is in my life and that I want to have a heart for him that inspires my heart, encourages my heart to have a heart for Christ alone. And then it, want, it makes me want to share that with people like you, to share that heart together. Then when we have that desire, we want to have a mind that's transformed by God's word. So when we have that desire, I, when we have that desire, I want to have a heart for Christ. Well, if I want to have that kind of heart, I want to live for him. I want to know more about him. And so I need to continuously be studying his word um, together in groups, here in church on Sunday morning, alone when I have time alone, to be looking at God's word and seeing what God has instructed for me, what has God has to inspire me so that I can live for him. Now, apparently the early Christians were doing this and they were living in such a way that a lot of people kept wanting to join them. I think what was happening is a lot of people were living in such a way that they were seeing um, what the Christians were doing, and they were saying, I want what you have. They were inspired to live with the early Christians who were living such a joyful life of unity and care uh, together. There's an old hymn that probably most of you, if not all of you know, called They'll Know We Are Christians by Our Love. And the words say this. I think they really relate to our passage today. We are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. And we pray that all unity may one day be restored. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. And I think those lyrics are really similar to what Luke is saying in the book of Acts today, that the early Christians um, were seen and known by their love for each other. And they had that unity of one heart and one mind, and they lived differently. Well, it says in verse 33, um, these words, with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was powerfully at work in them all. So really, they remembered what their one reason was for getting together, to share Jesus' resurrection. Their one reason was to share Jesus' resurrection. They were unified in that, and they were unified in their hope. Even for them, 
We talked about freedom earlier, not having so much of the freedom to say what they wanted. Uh, They were threatened by the religious leaders to stop talking about Jesus. Instead, they chose to continue to share about Jesus' resurrection and the truth and the life and the grace they had through him. Then it says at the end of verse 33, much grace was upon them all. God blessed them because of their faithfulness and because their unity together. So then in in verses 34 through 37, it says um, that they had the unity of purpose. They shared resources and lives. They were one church sharing resources and lives. And even in verses 34 and 35, it says they went so far as to share possessions, um, even at times selling land or houses, giving the money to the disciples to share with those in need. Now, if we were to ask you to do that today, we might think, or you might think, we're crazy. You know, that's like living in a commune. We're going to sell our possessions. We're going to sell our land, our houses, and give the money to others. Uh, but for them, for them, in some ways, it was very practical because of the situation they were in. Now, scholars believe that it was not um, like a rigid uh, commune, the way that they were living, and, and they give three reasons for that. They said the sharing was voluntary, not forced. It says it happened from time to time, not all the time. Sharing did not involve all property, but only as much as needed. So as there, it says as one had need, other people would, would come forth, and they would sell something in order to share with those who had need. And sharing property was not a membership requirement, but seemed to be practiced as the early Christians saw the need. So there were plenty of those who were poor who couldn't maybe share as much or at all, but who needed to receive. And so it wasn't um, a strict commune living, but out of the love of their hearts and the unity they had that they wanted to share their possessions and lives. In verse 36 and 37, he even gave an example of Barnabas that we'll learn more about later, who's the son of encouragement, he's called. It says, he sold a field he owned, and he brought the money to be shared. He was leading by example. So what are ways we at ZPC we can have one heart and one mind and one church? And what's that look like practically? What are the practical ways we can share our resources and our lives? Well, I believe first we must always remember that our one reason for being together is the same one reason that the early disciples were together, and that is Jesus, and sharing his resurrection as we can through our words and actions um, with others Next, we can share through big church or through small church. I'm going to call it through big church or through small church. One is sharing our resources as a church through giving and mission. We share resources through giving and mission. And we may say, well, you know, churches don't do that anymore like the early disciples did where they sell things or they bring possessions and they share those. Well, I know of at least two circumstances where that has happened and happened in a really healthy way. One is um, a church in Waco, Texas that I'm very familiar with called Antioch Community Church. And back in the early, uh, late 1980s, early 1990s, they had been meeting. They were a new church plant. They were meeting in different buildings looking for a church home. They bought an old um, rundown building in downtown Waco because they wanted to be in this city um, where a lot of the people were that they were trying to reach. And this old building needed a lot of repair and rebuilding to get up to shape so they could meet in. And sometimes they even met in the parking lot for worship. And so they were trying to make a final push um, to restore their building. And here's their pastor, Jimmy Seibert, 
tells this story. He says, we conducted a service in the parking lot to encourage everyone to join in the process of building and giving. And we based our fundraising service on the Exodus 35 concept. When it was time to build the tabernacle in Exodus, God told the children of Israel to give whatever they had to the cause, jewelry, wood, fabric, anything. We asked our people to do the same and to give what you have. The day of the parking lot service, we set out tables for people to place their gifts on, and it was amazing to watch. People brought televisions, fur coats, diamond rings, computers, furniture, you name it, they brought it. Even those who didn't have financial resources brought what they had. That morning, we took in $294,000 in cash and miscellaneous items that were either used or sold to begin our journey of restoring the building debt-free. So that one service and then that whole attitude of sharing resources helped them to restore this building where I know they still meet today. And this is a church that's not all about themselves raising money to build their own building. They send out missionaries all over the world to tell about Jesus as well. Well, you might say, well, that's for another church here. Well, what about us? You know, we couldn't do anything like that. Well, you may have been a part of ZPC, and I'm thinking this was about six to seven years ago, where we had a similar idea, and there were some people in the church that wanted to have an all-church garage sale and give the proceeds away. And I, I know about you. I drive around town and see all-church rummage sales and things like that. Except that idea soon kind of morphed into something different, where it was going to be a, an all-church giveaway. And so some of our deacons led that. And ZPC, people from ZPC went around collecting furniture and toys, um, sporting goods, items, clothes, all kinds of things, then to collect and work with our church partners down at John Knox Presbyterian Church near Speedway on the west side to give it away, an all-church giveaway from our church to their church to the Latino community all around them. And I remember it was a really neat time in our church. I remember going with one of my neighbors, who was a ZPC member, to another neighbor in our neighborhood, um, who was also a ZPC member. We had a pickup truck, and the three of us carried up an old couch from his basement, put it in the pickup truck. We brought it to church. And then later, there were people gathered here, and they were unloading all these things, uh, you know, on, on time, as people had brought them on time, and loading them onto a larger truck to take down to the west side. And I remember being here and we were, we were sharing, we were you know, lifting stuff, we were sweating, we were groaning. Um, at least I was sweating and groaning because it was hot and we were lifting furniture. And, and we were smiling because we were having fun. We were being the church together. And it felt a lot alike, I bet in some ways, the church in Acts felt so there are practical ways we can be the church together. There's a couple of really practical ways that happen almost every week here at ZPC. Our, our Zionsville Food Pantry, which actually belongs um, not only to ZPC, but also to the town and to Boone County, meets right here in ZPC, and we've talked about that before, where a lot of people share, share food. They bring in food. Some of you do. They give their time and their talent to give away food. So we're thinking about, you know, the early church. Those who have are giving to those who don't have. There's also two funds within the church budget. One's called the Good Samaritan Fund, and one's called the Community Assistance Ministry. You may not know about these, but the Good Samaritan Fund helps church members in need 
The community assistance fund helps people outside the church family in need. Um, but those funds, are they're pretty much given out equally. Now, no one has ever given cash, but people are given gift cards to, like, grocery stores. Um, when they're desperate, they can have an occasional night in a hotel paid for, uh, sometimes payment for a small utility bill or groceries or gas. I had the privilege of... Uh, meeting with someone earlier this year who was in need, and we helped them with one item, and then we agreed we were going to give them a gift card for $50 because they needed a little bit, little bit of gas in their car and to go to the store and buy some food. And while I was on my way to the store, I met with a member of the ZPC family, and, he's, and I told him what was going on and where I was headed, and he said, I've got $50 cash in my pocket. Will you make it 100 And I said, Sure. So he pulls out his, pot, his wallet, gives me $50 in cash. I took the money we had from the church, and we made it a $100 gift card to give to this lady who was in desperate need for gas and for food. So there's lots of ways as a big church that we can be the church together to share our resources in the name of Jesus Christ. So that's one. We can share our resources as, as a church through giving and mission in the big church. That's one of the ways we can answer that question. Now, there's a second answer as well, and I would say this is really being the smaller church, and this is sharing life through families and neighbors and small groups. And when I say smaller church, you may wonder what that looks like. I think it means family to family, neighbor to neighbor, you know, looking for needs, looking for opportunities to share life together. I was talking to one of our staff members this week in anticipation of this week's message and of this week's passage in Acts 4. And she said to me, she said, you know, we practice that. We do at least a little bit. She goes, I have a neighbor just down the street. I think it's about four or five houses down. They're members here at ZPC. And said, we borrow things from each other. In fact, we've gotten so used to borrowing things from each other that we go into each other's houses without permission. And said, in fact, I know where we have this punch bowl because we have a lot of parties at our house. And I know where to go in their house and get the punch bowl without even asking. And then I just return it when it's done. Isn't that cool that people can share life together? That's the kind of thing we can do as Christians. But it's not always the norm. You know, it can be hard to reach out in community. And I know we have some neighbors in my neighborhood that I'm closer to and others that I hardly know at all. And there's times where I feel guilty for that. In the United States, um, we're finding that there are um, actually less friends. Some studies are showing this. There are less friends and less community and less sharing. There was a study done in 2006 that said the number of people, there was a survey, that the number of people we can discuss matters important to us had dropped from three to two. So as people were surveyed, they said, how many people do you think you can share something with of something really important to you? And it had dropped from about 20 years earlier where people said about three people I could share things with down to two. And in 2012, there was a New York Times article that talked about how friendships were changing. It mainly said for people who are in their 30s and 40s um, have a lot of new people enter into their life, but close friends are in shorter supply. And they said this, schedules compress, priorities change, and people often become pickier in what they want in their friends. No matter how many friends you make, many think that the period for making BFFs, best friends forever, is over, and it's time now to resign yourself to KOF's kind of friends for now. But in the church, I want to encourage you, and I want to challenge you 
to go deeper than just kind of friends, but go deeper into Christian friends that we can truly share life with. And I'd like to share with you an example um, that I, I got this week, and it's a group I've known about for a long time, of how they have shared resources and shared life together in an Acts Church kind of way. So I emailed this week with a member of this group, and this group is called SNIBS. And SNIBS is Sunday Night is Bible Study, SNIBS. And it was started in 1976. And this is an excerpt from an email from one of their group members that I asked to tell me more about their group this week. It said, SNIBS was started in 1976 when we had children in youth group at Northminster Presbyterian Church. The youth group met on Sunday evenings at the church, and parents were driving and picking up every Sunday night and decided we would all stay there and do a Bible study in another room. Once youth group was started in the fall, Sunday meetings gradually migrated each week from home to home. And at that time, it was determined that we would meet every other Sunday night in our homes as well. So most of us in this group called STEMS have been together for 37 plus years. We've shared happy times together and some very sad times together, but always have been there for each other. Happy times have included year-end cookouts, all love to eat, he adds, Several went to England together. Several of us still travel together um, today. About once a year, we plan a retreat, usually a couple of nights in a state park hotel. Clifty Falls seems to be our favorite. An annual Christmas dinner is enjoyed by all at Hollyhock Hill, followed by a Christmas Advent service in someone's home. Food, hospital visits when requested take place. Picking up relatives at the airport as needed in emergencies all just seem to happen. Meals are organized by someone who's in town at the time and volunteers. We have a small can of money, as we call it, for flowers, etc., etc., which we try to keep afloat to help. During sad times, many rally around the family who is suffering. Hospice visits became snibs meetings there for three different members. And singing, Jesus, my Lord, we even have a favorite song, he says, during hospice visits took place. Fourteen of our original group have gone home to heaven. We remember driving to a Louisville trauma center on a moment's notice for a family when their son was injured at Hanover College. Gathering at a local hospital at 2 a.m. on Christmas morning when one of our members died to support his family. And over 20 snibbers appeared at a local hospital to support us during our recent family tragedy. The tie that binds this group together has always been prayer for each other and the study of God's word. A new study book is selected every fall to take us through spring. Our membership is around 40, and it involves people from four or five different churches, many of whom go to this church, but not all. Most of us have children and grandchildren all over the United States, so with our travel schedules, average attendance runs around 24 to 28. And I've had interactions with some of this group, and I remember about five years ago going to visit a member of the SNBS group when this lady was um, in hospital for surgery. And I remember walking into the waiting room thinking, well, maybe there'd be a few people there that I would recognize in the waiting room. And I saw about 20 people there that I recognized, almost all from this church, and they were all part of SNBS, and they were there to support her in this surgery on that day, and they were going to be there all day. Now, the early disciples certainly weren't perfect, and we would look into the churches in place like 
Philippi and Corinth, even this Jerusalem and church in Acts, we see some of the problems. And we know that our groups and our church here as well, we're not perfect, but we have some great pictures like this Snibs group or the all-church giveaway or just sharing something neighbor to neighbor down the street of sharing life together. We have some great pictures of what it can be like to be the church together. And my hope and prayer, even though we sometimes disagree on things, is that we will find more things to agree on as we are the church together and that we will have unity on things that are essential, such as putting Jesus first in our hearts and minds, as the early church did. We have one heart dedicated to Christ as Lord. We have one mind transformed by God's word, and we have one reason, the same as the early church, to tell others and to show others about Jesus and to show others that we are Christians by our love. So through our hearts and through our minds and through Jesus, let us be the church together. Let us pray. Most loving God, we give you thanks that we can be the church together. And we thank you even for this picture in the book of Acts, how the early church shared life together, even sharing resources and money and food and and places to stay. And Lord, we know that that's not just for that time. That can be for this time as well. It may look a little different, but God, help us to share with each other. Lord, I want each of us to be challenged even this week to find a way that we can share life together in a new and deeper way with other Christians so that people we are, will see that we are Christians and we are dedicated to you by our love for each other. Help us to do that. In Jesus' name, amen.